Hello, and welcome to another episode of Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight, a podcast from Capgemini Financial Services that looks at the latest trends in financial services through the lens of some of its leading experts. I'm your host, Mary McDermott Holland, and on today's podcast, we'll talk about today's marketplaces and how they are helping to unleash embedded finance products. Joining me today are Daniel Sachs, who is the president and co-CEO of AppDirect. Dan co-founded AppDirect in 2009, and he is a sought-after expert in cloud and startup innovation and has helped shape AppDirect to be the global ecosystem for cloud services by leading with innovative technology and game-changing partnerships. We're also joined today by Shankar Krishnan, a career banker, formerly with City and Standard Chartered Banks, and currently serves as our EVP of Banking and Capital Markets at Capgemini. And finally, Pradeep Singh, who is a senior director director. and head of fintech market strategy for banking and capital markets at Capgemini. Thanks to Dan, Shankar, and Pradeep for joining me today. Mary, very excited to be here with uh, Pradeep and Dan and discuss this uh, very important topic. Thank you for having us. Great, Shankar. Thanks. We all know that embedded finance is changing the market in every way and it's evolved into an ecosystem of accessible and inclusive financial services. I'm looking forward to hearing from each of your perspectives as we delve into our topic today, so let's get started. Pradeep, let's start with you. Can you share with our listeners how you define embedded finance? Thank you, Mary, and hello to our listeners, Dan and Shankar, hello. Mary, it's a tough and easy question. How do you define something that you experience every day? To me, it's the ultimate customer experience, best understood as an integrated financial services or a technology with a traditional non-financial services product or a financial services product. Let me take an example, Google Maps, allowing you to pay for your parking, BNPL, leading to lending and insurance. I think companies like Starbucks and Apple started embedding financial services into their products long ago. They set the trend with an intent to provide a seamless customer experience at checkout. Embedded finance, to me, is the voice of the customer. It is sticky. It bridges gaps. Today's consumers want to feel empowered. They want to feel independent. And they want convenience. They expect a frictionless banking experience. To me, embedded finance equals embedded experiences. Thanks, Radeep. I think we can all identify with your comments and what you've said. Customers do want convenience. Maybe now we can turn to Shankar. Can you share some insights on the latest trends in embedded finance and where you think the industry is headed? Absolutely, Mary, and uh, Dan and his team are uh, at the forefront of this. So when I look at trends in embedded finance, I I think of it in the following way. The first is, how do you look at your enterprise and rethink the value chain, enabling you to create new revenue models? And Pradeep spoke about some examples of how Google Maps is monetizing today. I, I want to focus a little bit on banking as a service, because Look at the example of Intel, right? I mean, whoever is the PC manufacturer, Intel wants to be the Intel inside of every PC. The value chain economics in in the uh, in, in bad banks today is very similar, wherein banking as a service is something that they want to 
insert it inside every marketplace and creating a very new business model for these banks. Estimates range from 138 billion all the way to 7 trillion in terms of the total addressable market for embedded finance. So the first trend I'm seeing is really people rethinking the value chain. The second trend I see is that remember in the 80s, early 90s, dot-com companies were separate from real companies. And at some point, every company became a dot-com company. This is happening in embedded finance today, where every company has got the possibility of being a fintech and benefit from that by embedding fintech attributes into their value chain. On, thirdly, on the demand side, I see that there is a lot of customer demand like never before for holistic services. Customers demand holistic experiences and want apps to manage their entire lifestyle and not just ride sharing or not just banking and so on and so forth. Lastly, on the supply side and enabled by folks like Dan, we see a lot of availability of APIs that facilitate, you know, embedded finance. I mean, Dan and his team has done a tremendous job with respect to telcos as an example, but there is no reason why rather than just talk embedded finance, tomorrow it's going to be embedded everything. And the convergence between industries are seeing that there's going to be embedded finance, but also embedded retail, embedded wholesale, embedded telecom. So everything is going to be embedded in each other's business, thereby creating a new total addressable market, which is going to be very high. No, I, I think Shankar, that's that's great input and very interesting. I think you know your com- your comment about rethinking the value chain is quite insightful, and those are some impressive numbers when you think about the addressable market. Dan, maybe let's bring you into this conversation now. Um, why do you think using marketplaces can help unleash embedded finance products? Thanks, Mary, and thanks for having me, Pradeep and Shankar. The marketplace model that we're used to in the consumer world, where you can go to a destination to shop for what you want, has really only seen the infancy in the business world. But as Shankar spoke through the advent of open APIs and the desire for a business to get value from another business in a solution, is really creating an explosion that's driving digital transformation and a proliferation of B2B marketplaces. So this notion of going to a marketplace to get a solution that may come from many different players, it could fr- come from fintechs, it could come from, as Shankar mentioned, you know, other vendors, but providing one pane of glass, turn your value proposition from a product into a platform and an ecosystem is really the opportunity that's occurring today. And as a financial institution, you have a reputation and you've established trust with your customer base. So using a marketplace model to bring in third-party services can enable you to be that trusted provider of many services. And the opportunity is massive. Um, If you think about Salesforce, which was known as one of the early cloud applications, they launched their app exchange. And by 2024, the Salesforce ecosystem will actually be six times bigger than the company itself. Meaning that for every dollar that Salesforce makes, its ecosystem will make about $6. And that shows the power of opening up your company in a form of a marketplace and curating a set of services that will enable your customers to get the value that they need. And we're seeing that across um, all opportunities of the you know, economy and fintechs in particular have the opportunity and traditional FIs to partner to drive value to their business customers. 
Thanks, Dan. That That's quite insightful. And really, this marketplace model is, you can see the power behind it. Maybe we can turn topics a little bit here and go back to Shankar. Um, are the current business models really able to support this, these new customer demands? And, and how equipped are the banks in in their ability to provide accessible and flexible financial products for their to new customers? It is a work in progress, Mary, like with everything else. I think uh, we spoke about rethinking the value chain. And I think as banks are planning their 2022 budgets, a lot of them are asking themselves this question, how do we rethink the value chain for us as banks and create new business models and drive new business models? Obviously, in doing so, they're looking at notable examples of successes in this space, people like Galileo, Synapse, uh, Marketa, Bankable, Reigns Bank, and so on, and also our markers by Goldman. And so basically, they are looking at all these new business models which are out there. And all the API economy has done, like Dan was saying, is and Tulio is a good example of this, where many years ago it decided to embed communication such as text, voice, and chat into their customer experience, much like what AppDirect is doing today. And basically, this was the precursor to enabling rider-driver interactions on Uber, Lyft, and so on and so forth. So when COVID happened and when we couldn't go and touch the ATM, a lot of these APIs could be directed at working as your teller. And and we, what we are also seeing is a significant growth in the valuations for these people that are rethinking their business model. I touched upon Twilio, which is close to 50 billion in valuation today, a lot more than Vodafone Group, which has existed for a lot more time. So basically, it is a work in progress. And I think it is very difficult for banks to kind of, you know, change their 200 years way of working and and change this. So what they're all doing as a response is creating digital clones, right? So we saw how BBVA created the digital clone and open platform business unit. Goldman did the same thing for Marcus. And we are seeing Standard Charter do the same thing. And, and we're also seeing a lot of big tech like Apple, Google, and so on, integrate into the banking ecosystem and using the banking rails for delivery. And also there is a lot of separating the physical supply chain from the financial supply chain and tweaking it very differently using APIs. All of this are creating extremely new business models. So I would say it's early days, but I think work is in progress and the next three to five years, we are going to see a rapid growth in this area, especially as those APIs continue to grow and make stuff happen and move money and value. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Shankar. You can see how quickly the market adapts uh, to all of these new new ideas and new concepts and how it's driving new business models. Evolution and growth will be quick and it'll be swift. And, and I can't wait to see what, what happens over the next three to five years. Dan, maybe we can come back to you. Could you share some best practices from your experience with subscription, commerce, marketplaces, and, and ecosystem? Definitely. So I think one thing to keep in mind is there when an FI is looking to build an ecosystem and a platform, there are a ton of other industries to look at. And FIs moved a little bit slower for good reason because of uh, regulatory reasons and risk management. But now we're starting to see really unlimited potential moving forward. And the three you know really best practices that I'd say we can take from any different model is number one, thinking like a platform instead of a product. So companies with strong digital ecosystems see far better results. And you need to think about what value proposition do you have? So what's the core trust that you've enabled to your customers? And then where is your right to play in an ecosystem that can provide ancillary services? And uh, thinking from an API first, open ecosystem is key. And you do have the right to play a curation role. 
The second is really thinking about architecting your technology stack for flexibility and scalability. And we've learned this from new agile as a service business models. And as we think about as a service bank, architecture of your platforms will be key and really thinking about how you can open up the platform, make it documented and self-service. Some of the keys to this are concepts uh, th that include headless commerce or storefronts um, that enable non-technical people to be able to drag and drop and configure a store. So really those concepts are opening up your platform and providing ways to make it easier for your partners to integrate um, and get value out of your uh, marketplace. And then the third is really identifying the digital heroes uh, amongst your customers and yourselves and partners and nurturing them to help drive change. So what we've seen over the decade plus uh, we've enabled these marketplaces is that every successful transformation comes down to certain people. And those people tend to have a similar set of characteristics, including vision, tenacity, uh, innovation, um, and embracing change. And if you can, as an organization, really enable those digital heroes to help guide you through the transformation and really help attract your partners that are going to cultivate your marketplace, that's really the key success factor uh, of all. So those three, you know, thinking like a platform, architecting an open technology stack, and really identifying your digital heroes will really help enable uh, you as an FI to have a successful marketplace. Great keys to successful business model transformation, Dan. I think, you know, reiterating, thinking like a platform, architecting your technology, and identifying and nurturing your digital heroes are great suggestions. Maybe we can bring Pradeep into this conversation now. Pradeep, how do you see the role of plug-and-play software platforms enabling financial services, things such as travel transactions, embedded payments, or even embedded insurance? Listening to Dan and Shankar, uh, Mary, I feel Marketplace is a platform. It's an ecosystem to transfer value and transfer services. Plug-and-play softwares provide this ability to unlock the economic and social values of the system. Our ability to provide an ecosystem and a platform to, to give an inclusive and accessible financial services. The, our ability to provide on-demand infrastructure, software for interaction, then talking about widgets, adding other software providers, open APIs, data sharing analytics. These are some of the capabilities that can be provided to an ecosystem player within the platform space. And it, I feel it's our best shot. It's our best shot to scale financial services. It's our best shot to provide a platform for a yoga studio to come in and get included into lending, to checkout, to payments, and providing a, a, a good seamless customer experience to the consumers. Thanks for sharing those uh, perspectives, Pradeep. Dan, would you like to share some thoughts on what Pradeep has just said? Definitely. I think the core to any marketplace strategy is thinking through what types of products do you want to sell and what type of channels do you want to sell them through? Really with the opportunity of omni-channel, you can create embedded checkout experiences everywhere. So at AppDirect, when we think about our platform, it's not just about the digital marketplace. That's just a start but it's about enabling experiences 
where you can have embedded checkouts anywhere, whether that be on device. So if you're driving in a car, you can uh, purchase an upgrade uh, or an application or content, whether it's you know in the ATM, whether it's through a sales rep, whether it's through telesales. So I think when we think about marketplaces and driving success, it's all about omni-channel. And with financial institutions, really thinking through who is the trusted advisor that can enable your business and how do you enable them to be able to offer the right value chain at the right opportunity. So in the insurance space with brokers, you can enable the broker to check out services on behalf of the customer and really bring that, that trusted value. If you're thinking about uh, commercial banking, it could be the in-store relationship or retail banking could be the ATM or you know, really in, in the branch. So what, one thing that I would say uh, really just to expand on Pradeep's, Pradeep's thoughts is just the importance of not thinking about your marketplace strategy or your ecosystem only as a destination, but really thinking about it as a new way of going to market across all of your sales channels. Fascinating topic, and you can really see the the far-reaching applications of what's happening and what's emerging in this area. Um, I, I really would like to say thank you to Dan, Shankar, and Pradeep for joining me today. I'd like to give each of you an opportunity to share any final thoughts you might le- like to leave with our listeners today. I'll go first, Mary. I think it's a very important time uh, for banks, uh, especially as they fight back against uh, being a commodity or, uh, you know, protect themselves against uh, big tech and so on. We are often asked the question, does big tech want to be a bank? And it is very clear the answer is a big no. But with the marketplace economy, I think we have a chance where the cost of acquisition of a customer would be a lot lower. And therefore, a bank or a financial institution is able to provide you a service, a lending service, a wealth management service, what have you, at a much uh, cheaper cost. So everybody wins. The second question is, I mean, we all know how Google Google and Apple and Facebook, for recent faux pas notwithstanding, are some of the greatest brands in this world. And I think they have the ability to attract a lot of customers once they uh, you know, are fully set in this embedded finance. And it is very nice to see a lot of banks playing ball and uh, helping this marketplace economy with more liquidity from a transactions point of view. So overall, I think we are at a transformation stage. We thought that the early 90s would be the marketplace economy. We saw the growth of ERP as a response to that. We thought there would be giant exchanges for oil and gas, for cars, and so on and so forth. But that didn't happen because of the dot-com crash, but we are seeing a revival of the exact same thing through marketplace economy. And this time, because there are positive factors, both on the demand and supply side, I think we have a long way to go in a positive way. Pradeep, Dan, would you like to add anything? Sure. Mary, I can go next. It's the iPhone movement. Uh, You can't ignore it. I feel the future of uh, finance is embedded, and it will be powered by plug-and-play software uh, technologies that will create the future of places to transact value. Thanks, Pradeep. And maybe, Dan, you can round out our group for today. I think the opportunity is now. And those that don't adopt an ecosystem-first approach and an API-first approach will fall behind. One example that comes to mind is a customer of ours in Q2 banking. So they their technology powers one out of 10 digital banking customers in America today. And in 2009, they partnered with us on their partner marketplace, which really creates a hub of digital banking solutions that allow FIs to evaluate, select, and deploy pre-integrated third-party products in a few clicks. 
Examples of this are Experian credit services, wise money transfer services, the latter life insurance application and quoting services. And really, ultimately, they've created now an ecosystem um, of third-party services that really alongside of their core technology platform. And it's just one example, you know, in the recent years that has really helped shift a business's brand from a you know closed platform to an open ecosystem, driving new value propositions and new revenue opportunity. So my challenge to everyone listening to this is really giving you the opportunity to take advantage of the trusted relationship with you that you have with your customers. And by opening up um, your ecosystem and embedding your capabilities, ultimately, you'll be able to thrive by enabling your customers with more services that they ultimately need and trust you to buy from. Great comments. Thank you very much. So as we wrap up our podcast today, I'd like to take a moment to thank Dan, Shankar, and Pradeep for sharing your thoughts. I know I've learned a lot today, and I'm sure our listeners are going to find this conversation quite fascinating, and I look forward to what the future holds. Please subscribe to our Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or other podcast apps. If you would like to listen to more Capgemini Financial Services podcasts, please subscribe to our Insurance Insights podcast. We'll be back soon with another Banking, Payments, and Wealth Spotlight podcast. In the meantime, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Twitter and visit capgemini.com. To learn more about AppDirect, please visit appdirect.com. This podcast has been brought to you by Capgemini Financial Services.